to the Maitripa College podcast. Maitripa College is a Tibetan Buddhist graduate school in beautiful Portland, Oregon. Interested in Buddhism and want to take your understanding deeper? Each week we feature different teachings, conversations, and highlights from our community programs and archives. We invite you to join us in listening to and learning from some of the great contemporary Buddhist minds in America today. This week's episode from our Sunday community programming features a teaching from beloved Tibetan Buddhist teacher Geshe Kalsang Damdul, How to Awaken Inspiration Through Lojong. Discussing about Lojong, I thought it should be it. It is okay to some some to say something about my personal life, and then relate with the Lojong practice. So you know, I was born in Tibet uh, in 1953, and this last October, October second, on my birthday. I got full retirement. <laughs> so I'm so excited. Uh, since then, I've been so excited and, you know, overjoyed <laughs> and uh, uh, running here and there, you know, to find something for myself. So whereby I've forgotten everything. There's nothing much in left, you know. So I don't know whether I'll be able to share something with you today <laughs> because I left everything behind, right? <laughs> <laughs> including everything. <laughs> so anyway, so then uh, with His Holiness the Dalai Lama, uh, of course His Holiness the Dalai Lama passed through my hometown uh, uh, when he escaped into India. Uh, I don't remember anything about, you know, what's happened at that time. My mom, my mom, late mom, uh, she told me when in before she, you know she told me in at some point that his holiness the dalai lama left uh, through our hometown uh, but he stayed by some uh, two three days in our uh, monastery and uh, it was snowing at that time so there was a very very heavy chance that his holiness could not escape because continued snowing the Tibetans in my hometown, everyone went up in the mountains and cleared the path for him with their shovels. And that's how, you know, uh, His Holiness was able to escape into India. And that's how my parents and my hometown people had made little kind of contribution for his safe escape into India. So then, uh, I arrived, myself and family arrived into India and uh, uh, to cut the short story, uh, I was first admitted in the Tibetan Children's Village in Dharamsala. From there, in 1962-63, and then from there I was transferred 
with uh, about five hundred children altogether to Masuri, a very very beautiful hill station to our Tibetan public school. We call it Happy Valley. It's really a Happy Valley school. Yeah, very school. And then I still remember, you know, we ha we were five hundred children, and it was difficult for every for the staff and for the teachers to recognize each and every one. And not only that, everyone, most of the names were, you know, Tenzin and Tenzin, right? <laughs> <laughs> More impossible to, you know, find them out, you know, recognize them out, right? right? So then, each got a roll number, roll number, you know, like uh, 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 when I used to read uh, this, you know, uh, Oliver Twist, right, and David Coverfield's novel, very much like that, you know, I got role number two, and my role number was 486, <laughs> and it's so embedded in my mind steam, now, these days I use as my passwords, <laughs> 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 because I don't, because I, I don't have much, you know, uh, memory with the numbers, you know. My numbers is, you know, calculation is very poor. So I still use this number in so many passwords. You know? <laughs> so I'm grateful for getting this number. <laughs> but also, at that time, my memory was very good. That uh, from, the, from 100, the first one, you know, who had the 100, to up to 500 numbers, I almost could remember each and every one of the children. I could, this number is that, that number is that, that's like that, right? Very interesting, right? So this is how I grew up, you know, with the number, roll number, roll, with the roll number. And then in 60s, there was a time uh, when a great lamas and the scholars, uh, uh, newly uh, from you know Tibetan settlements, maybe from everywhere, uh, a kind of a institution was set up in Masuri area. During that time, uh, many scholars were present, you know, but these scholars needed to learn uh, Tibetan grammar, language, literature, like that, because. In Tibet, there was not much tradition of learning these secular things in the big monasteries. And it was it's believed that learning these, you know, secular, secular things would affect the learning of the profound, the vast, you know, knowledge of Buddhism. So not much was emphasized later on. In the beginning, it was emphasized, but later on in the big monasteries. So these scholars were needed to be trained because these scholars were needed to be sent to different schools and institutions to impart, you know, Tibetan Buddhism and also secular education. So there was no other alternative other than make them study Tibetan language, you know, literature. Many studied from the scratch, you know, many studies from the scratch. But fortunately, that time was such a wonderful time 
that we could see so many wonderful teachers around in our Masuri Happy Valley School campus. And uh, then in 60s, I maybe around 67, something like that, uh, a teacher came to be known as Kunulama Tenzin Kensei Rinpoche. We call Kunulama Rinpoche. Happened to be in our area. And uh, he came actually to teach these scholars, you know, Tibetan language, literature, uh, like that, because he, wonderful story with him, but uh, you know, he went to Tibet in early uh, 20s and then, you know, had wonderful scholarship and came back to India. Actually, Kunulama Tenzin Genzerin, which he was the teacher of His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. We came to learn about later. From him, uh, what should I say, His Holiness received the transmission of uh, Bodhicharya Avatara, you know, the guide to Bodhisattva's way of life, like that. So he happened to be in, them, in our area, and our teachers requested him, uh, our, our own teachers requested him to give some transmission uh, of some important teachings to uh, the children, to the children. We were just maybe 10, 12, maybe 14 years of age. But these teachers were so wonderful and so care for us that we need to get some kind of transmission. I didn't know nothing about this, the background of this teacher who happened to be, uh, who came to our area. So a time was set up and then he visited uh, the first ever built Tibetan temple in exile was built in Masuri. The first ever. It's such a beautiful, beautiful temple. It's, at that time, I thought it's a big temple. Last year, I went to visit. It's so small temple. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, you know. And uh, so, in that temple, maybe we had about uh, f more than 500, 500 students gathered uh, in the lawn. And then this Lama, we didn't know nothing about him. He gave some transmissions. And he gave the transmission, what is called as Lojong transmission. That, that Lojong, we call eight verses of mind training Lojong. And then he also gave the transmission of Kangloma, a praise to Manjushri. And then he gave the transmission, I still remember, he gave the transmission of uh, uh, what you call as the Yonten Shikyuma, the foundation of all excellences. Just the transmission, right? But we, I had no idea what was going on, but I listened carefully, you know, because this, our teachers, wonderful teachers said, very, very opportune time, don't, don't sleep, don't sleep, they would say, you know, when you get this transmission. So we, I listened very carefully these transmissions. And then by somehow, actually I didn't memorize, you know, frankly speaking, and truthfully speaking, I didn't memorize it. But these eight verses of mind training came into my mind. Eight verses, I knew nothing about the meaning. Since then, you know, it's with me, it's with me, it's with me. So wonderful, you know. Of course, then I had the, then in 19, I, I think 69, something like that. 
His Holiness personal tutor, Jepchi Chijan Rinpoche, the junior tutor to His Holiness the Dalai Lama, happened to visit our, in our school. And then our teachers said that those who wanted to get uh, uh, novice monks ordination, there's an opportunity. And they, they collected our names. And then by somehow, you know, I, was, I just got so inspired. And then I put my name. And then Gebji Chijang Rinpoche, really, really wonderful, amazing, amazing personality was there. A day was set up and with a group of our students. He gave us the novice monk's ordination. I knew Gebji Chijang Rinpoche about something because we used to, we needed to read, you know, as a slip in the slippers. Uh, the autobiography of His Holiness the Dalai Lama called uh, my, my, my Land and My People. So in there, you could see, re read something about Gyabji uh, Chijang Rinpoche. And uh, the moment I saw him, uh, you know, he, he was kind of thin man, but very tall, you know, and he was sitting on the uh, throne at that time, then, of course, then we got the ordination. And uh, what I clearly, clearly remember is that uh, each and every one in the novice monk's ordination, you get the name, monastic name, you know, you get the monastic name. His own handwritten, beautifully, beautifully handcuffed. And uh, you know, in Tibetan, Tibetan writing characters, there are about 13, 14 different writing characters. And one character we call it Jutsa another kind of a very beautiful when you write it, right? And he, he each, after getting the ordination, he handed over uh, the names on, the, on that small paper. Uh, there was his seal too. Uh, so, so in the ordination, what happens is that uh, you, three monks go together. And then three monks, and then, you know, in front of, the, in front of Rinpoche, he, because now he happened to be my abbot of ordination. So he, he usually touches uh, one sleeve of a rope with three, you know, like that. Then he would give the name. After that, he would give the name. So I got the name. He read the name. I still clearly, clearly remember he read, read the name. He said, Lopsang Dundup. Oh. Your name is very great, he said like that, you know. Payakwudu, <laughs> like that, you know. But I had no idea what is Lopsang Dindu actually, you know. But there, there was a really, really uh, tremendous, wonderful, beautiful occasion. And uh, I feel, uh, when I look back, and uh, in Tibetan, we have a word saying, Tendil Jik, good karmic. Uh, connection happened, right? So like that. So then in 1973, I joined the Institute of Buddhist Dialectics and then started my formal education of studying, you know, the Buddhist philosophy, uh, uh, epistemology, and then the metaphysics, uh, the, and also the uh, Buddhist psychology and like that. So, in 1973, 
maybe in 1970, uh, maybe around that year or next year, oh, next year, that was next year. Uh, back then, you know, uh, we could have easy access to very high lamas, including Kapji Chijan Rinpoche and Kapji Ling Rinpoche, of course, the senior to the Vyasolinas, the Dalai Lama. So we three, four monks of IBD, we said, oh, today we must go to, you know, visit Kapji Ling Rinpoche. We would go like that, you know, and they were so gracious, so welcoming that uh, whenever we go to visit them, they would just let us and Kapji Ling Rinpoche would let us sit and talk something about about the Dharma and sometimes even what's going on nowadays, you know, like that, you know. And uh, so one day we, I visited, so clearly I remember, one day I visited Kapji Ling Rinpoche with some of our monks, friends, and then he said, we sat down in front of him and he said, what are you studying these days? And we replied, uh, we were studying Lori, that's, uh, you know, Tibetan, uh, that's for uh, the psychology. Then he said, what is the meaning or what is the definition of law? Like that, you know, what is the definition of mind, you know? Then we replied. Uh, the reply was correct, I think so. <laughs> then he said, what are the seven uh, categories of law or the, or the mind? Then we replied. I was right in front. and I was able to reply very correctly. He was very, very happy. Oh, good, good, good. Then he said, are you memorizing anything? I said, he said, we don't memorize very much. Then he got a little bit upset, you know. <laughs> In Bud when you want to study Tibetan Buddhism, you know, philosophy, there's no way without memorizing anything, you will not learn anything. You have to memorize, you know, you have to memorize like that, you know. Next time, when you come, you have to come with memorization, you know, like that, you know. And uh, because my master, uh, his idea is a little bit different from the, uh, what you call, traditional masters. He would not let us, uh, I mean, not encourage us to memorize so many texts, right? Whereas the traditional would let you, you know, memorize all the root texts and all kinds of texts, you know. But then Kepji Ling Rinpoche said, not, not possible to, to become scholarly without your learning, without memorization. So really, it uh, <coughs> encouraged me to memorize. From then onwards, I started memorizing, you know, giving importance to memorization. But one thing I want to mention is that, <coughs> so with, while talking with, each, with, uh, with Rinpoche, himself, Rinpoche said, one day, well, at one point, Rinpoche said, not, ma not many can become scholars, but each and everyone can become, uh, uh, can train the mind. You know, that's specifically, he said, the Sangma Kheba Chagimares, Yenaya Sangma Nyamlenchi Tures. Not everyone can become scholar, but everyone can practice, train. That was such a wonderful, you know, advice. Such a, such a, such a wonderful advice, like that. And uh, in this way, we, you know, I had the fortune 
of uh, uh, meeting with so many wonderful teachers of our time, you know, and especially now my one of my most most uh, close teacher, Kepji Latirimbuche, from whom I received all the tantric teachings. Uh, so wonderful to have like him, and then of course one of the sharpest mind or the one of the foremost logician I think that Tibet has ever produced in this century actually the great teacher called Yenyima Rinpoche we call him Shagul Ken Rinpoche and he was <coughs> actually the teacher of uh, His Holiness the Dalai Lama in uh, you know philosophical subjects philosophical subjects so uh, we had had the opportunity to meet such uh, holy beings, and uh, but Shao Kenmuchi can be very, very you know stern, you know very, very could be very stern and could be you know sometimes we could not look at his face very much because if you are not very prepared, then he would not teach you know, and whatever you whatever he teaches today, you must. Uh, make sure you could reply whatever you know the questions he asked next time. Otherwise, you uh, would get angry. Where's your tech? Where's your uh, journal? Look into the journal. You are keeping everything in journal and not in your mind. You know you would say like that. You know, so because we have the tendency, right? Write in journal because I'm from school, right? I have the tendency. Like here, you know, we always write in journal and in our books. But then forget to put in your mind, right? Like that. So, such we had such a memorable, in, in, interesting teacher like that. Uh, so, when I meet him, because I I read English, and then someone has had actually reported him that uh, uh, I read newspaper every day, which I actually do, you know. So he's very, very much interested in. Uh, you know Tibetan politics and uh, you know what's going on the, in the world and like that. So with other students, he would ask questions about Dharma, but he would always ask about all these politic things. You know, <laughs> instead of asking questions on all anything, then he would le make me sit. Uh, especially when I go to visit him in South India, he had a very stern uh, attendant. You know. Uh, we call it Kinki uh, Halsen, and his, uh, what do you call, uh, bird is very much like this, and uh, looked very much like, uh, you know, uh, you, many of you have been to A, A India, right? Uh, and the logo of A India is one man, you know, uh, with beard like this, right, right? We, we nickname him A India. <laughs> he has the name of A India, you know, <laughs> like that. So he, whenever I come to visit Rinpoche, uh, we would uh, he he would all immediately let make some momo for him, you know, make some momo for him. So I get the momo, and I have to relate all these political things, you know, like this. So wonderful time with uh, with these holy holy teachers. And then also uh, in 1978, uh, I had the opportunity to visit Sarah Monastery, or uh, 79, something like that, uh, to 
we were part of you know debating uh, what we call as the uh, the monks gathered together to debate on Parmana. Uh, some, so all the all the major monasteries and can come to get together together. There, I think we stayed about mm, uh, one or two months like that. There, I met another another very very holy teacher, and his name is no other than yeah, Lopsang, Lopsang. And uh, from him, we received many teachings on Parmana. And uh, one of the very, very famous logicians in Sarah Monastery, you know, like that. But we got the opportunity to receive him. And uh, at one point, he said that in the preliminary logics, what we have is the so many examples, but not what we don't know what it is actually meant for, right? We have the examples of fire. We have the examples of smoke, we have the examples of like uh, 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 like that, so many different examples. Then he would, one day he said that these are all just examples, but you have to find what these examples mean from later, like that. So later on we realized that, you know, for example, there's one, one logic, something like that. Uh, where there is a fire, they cannot stand cold, actually, right? Because it's fire like that, right? So what it does mean is that fire is wisdom, whereas coldness is once, what you call, self-grasping, self-centeredness, like that. These, these two cannot stand together, right? They're dichotomy, right? Opposite to each other. So just learning fire doesn't have meaning, but you have to relate to what is actually this, you know, uh, examples give you the message, right? That's why, you know, uh, when you read the history of uh, uh, Parmana, Parmana, how it flourished, you get to know that there was a, there was a prophecy that Parmana must be, you know, studied, continuously with which Tibetan Buddhism can stand, and Buddhism in general could stand on. Because based on logic, we can stand on our log, you know, Buddhism. Because otherwise it's just, you know, now, nowadays why Buddhism, why Tibetan Buddhism in particular is able to go parallel with the science, it's because everything that is spoken, everything is that taught is you know based on logic and experience and buddhism is into our minds it's focuses on our mind stream where science is about external right so we could so in science if there's no evidence it's not believed it's not accepted in the same way in buddhism you know if you just go on my Lama said like this, and you have to believe it. No. Uh, some will, okay, say, okay, I'm all right. But none of the, those now, especially who you all have wonderful education, right? You will not believe them. You know, I'm, I want to check it. I want to check it myself first. So that's one. That's why Buddhism is able to, you know, 
sustain and uh, become more and more relevant even in this world in this world it's becoming even more relevant nowadays because it's basically basically based on the foundation of logic and uh, empirical experiences find out experience you whatever is explained in the in text you relate it with you find out and if it's good you just take it and if it's not going to benefit oh i i just close close the book and forget it you know like that right? <laughs> nothing is wrong going to happen to anyone you know like that right so these are the things that uh, we need to you know understand why why you come here today because you thought that i have something to share right something i'm not sharing anything i'm just <laughs> sharing my story actually you know like that so i had such a wonderful time in sarah at that time and then uh, at that time there was another teacher very very wonderful teacher his name is kishi lobson wonchu another teacher named kishi lobson wonchu really tremendously holy teacher and he invited to uh, for some kind of tea the group and then also our teacher requested him to give a transmission of kangloma um, that is the praise to manjushri and uh, i was impacted really heavily heavily impacted by first by his huge body you know <laughs> huge oh in some kind of very very special you know like that and then uh, so there's so many stories to explain right but anyway so this is how you know you got you need to get got the impact uh, you your life is you know transformed in in, in this way Maitripa College is a Buddhist institution of higher education founded by Yangtze Rinpoche in 2005. We offer two graduate degree programs, a Master of Arts in Buddhist Studies and a Master of Divinity, as well as classical Tibetan language studies. Founded upon three pillars of scholarship, meditation, and service, the Maitripa College curriculum combines Western academic, contemplative learning, and traditional Tibetan Buddhist disciplines. Through the development of wisdom and compassion, Our graduates are empowered with a sense of responsibility to work joyfully for the well-being of others. They become agents of positive change in the world and are shaping the development of Buddhism in the West as scholar practitioners, chaplains, professional translators, doctoral degree candidates, leaders in the nonprofit world, educators and more. We invite you to join us and make your practice your life. So now no I've just retired so when I look back what have I achieved I have achieved a little bit in you know making the Institute of Buddhist Dialectics you know a kind of a uh, well known center of learning Tibetan Buddhism and Tibetan language and literature and like that that's I feel uh, I have achieved something in secular way right but now in your spiritual way what really you have achieved is a big question right what have you what i have achieved is that through the blessings of course from the his holiness that the lord so many teachings i received from them from him 
through the blessing of all these great masters, including my own root teacher, Kishil Lopsankyat. So I had a great, great opportunity. So I felt that, uh, I still feel that uh, I have, uh, I'm able to a little bit, you know, just made, uh, being able to make myself a little bit a better person, you know, a better person. Because when I look back at the school, I was very, very naughty man, you know, naughty boy. <laughs> I would not listen to the teachers. Uh, I would escape from the school. One time I escaped from the school and uh, went to uh, Dehradun. So about, you know, two hours bus drive. I didn't have ticket, you know. If I, if I sat some summer, I squeezed with them and uh, I could still remember the contacting contractor counting the people and there was one extra man right <laughs> who had no ticket why he could not uh, find me and he didn't be bumped out you know <laughs> but then when I came to this uh, area Darudun, it's two hours drive you know bus drive I, I had no place to go actually you know then he went back to school again you know <laughs> because I had no place I didn't know anything where I should be going you know like that you know so it's uh, like that. And then also very interesting is that back then you were not supposed to, it's supposed to watch any movie, to go to watch movie, especially in, no, no, of course we had no TVs, no nothing, but there, there were TV, the, you know, TV theaters, you know, there's movie theaters. <laughs> so I one, because I I was a little bit like a boss, you know, like that. I would bring some kids with me and run into, it's like three, four miles, you know, walking and uh, going into the TV, uh, movie theater and uh, watching the movie, which was not allowed at all, you know. And there we would see, you know, not only me, some other students were also doing the same thing, right? <laughs> so there would, the captains, and the prefects would come and chase us, you know. <laughs> so we knew how to escape from such things. <laughs> so we, you know, the TV is big hall, right? And there were heavy, very, very thick curtains, thick curtains. And uh, we would knew that these guys were going to chase us, you know, these guys were going. We, we could get some message from somehow. And as soon as we heard here, these guys are near here, there. Then we would wrap ourselves in the, you know, <laughs> curtain. <laughs> and they would not find us, you know. <laughs> uh, very interesting, right? So then, you know, they would go back. Usually, we know where, which route they would take to reach to the school back. And we also knew some shortcut routes, right? So we would take the shortest road, you know, route, and sometimes we would be there before they could arrive, right? Right? These guys could arrive, so they have no clue where we went, you know, right? So interesting life, so interesting life, so interesting. Life. So quite, quite naughty, quite naughty, like that, yeah. But then uh, my class teacher. 
Uh, no, no, at one point, we, no, it's, I have nothing to hide, right? So <laughs> at one point, you know, it was winter. It was winter. And then uh, we were so cold, so cold. Of course, there, there was, uh, you know, wood stove fire in our dormitory. But it was so cold, so cold. So then one of my, you know, students, uh, fr friend students said, how about we, today we go search for a Chang, you know? Chang, you know Chang, right? It's a Tibetan beer, you know, Tibetan beer. So then uh, everyone uh, around the stove, you know, said, a wonderful idea, wonderful idea. <laughs> but no one had money. <laughs> Only I had, you know. I had maybe two, two rupees or something like that, you know. So then, then we sent some, one of our students uh, to buy the chang. And we bought the chang. Well, because they were, you know, prefects and teachers, they, you know, the captains, they would find, find out, you know. So we decided to, to trick them. So he, the, the, man, the, the student who took we went to buy the chang. He took a kettle, you know. <laughs> kettle, right, kettle, right. In care, no one no one will be suspicious of you know chang in the kettle, right? And there comes chang in the kettle, you know. And then we we sometimes boil chang, you know, boil chang and put cups there, you know, Tibetan cookies in so delicious, you know. So we eat kapse, we put everything there, and then we boiled because stove is already there, right, burning, yeah. And then we drank and like that, you know. Later on, after some weeks, by some, uh, I think, uh, uh, teacher got, you know, the message. But it was too late then, you know. They had no clue, no nothing, you know. And so it's kind of like that. So by, but my grade is very good at that time. So I didn't get very heavy punishments, you know. <laughs> they would count for my grades, like, like here too, right? If you have good grades, you know, they, you get some excuses like that. <laughs> like that. So in this way, uh, the life has passed. And from a naughty boy to like, you know, a little bit, you know, a, a responsible person and like that, right? So how this, how, how I've been evolved is through the grace and teachings of uh, the Buddha Dharma of, and of course through the grace of the, all these great masters and masters which I will not be able to repay uh, for their kindness for eons of time, you know, for eons of time, really. So now, what really is my training? It's about looking into yourself, finding out what fault you have, what weaknesses you have, and what are your positive qualities, and finding out them, and seeing them, and you know, improving as much as you are able to do so, and whereby you will see some progress. It's not just me, it's everyone who does 
like this. So then, uh, in in this way, you what I sh say is that this change you will see notice going on in your life. Yeah, once you see change, the change will continues to grow, positive change, because you have started with it. You have the determination, or you have the teachers like Rinpoche here, wonderful, wonderful teachers like here. You know, your life will be much, much uh, better, full of warmth, full of compassion, full of, you know, uh, what I would say, sense, common sense, full of common sense. You know? Sometimes I notice here is that. Many of you are so skilled in some one subject, and when it comes to reality of life, I don't understand why you are not able to see this reality of life. You know, something has been missing in your life. That has to be complemented from the teachings of the Buddha, by you know, like uh, meeting with wonderful teachers, including Lama Zubarambuchi, Ma you know, masters like Rinpoche here, then you can, once you are able to complement, then your life will be much, much easier. Everything will go more and more smoothly, mentally, emotionally, you know. And of course, when one's mind and emotions are in a very positive state, my physical also, you know, goes in the same direction, physical energy. Physical strength also goes in the same direction. That's how you, we notice like that, right? It's not just something uh, that's, you know, spoken and not noticed. Every one of us noticed this, you know. So that's. So in this way, one thing uh, we need to do is while studying, you know, these philosophical subjects. It's very important to every now and then get some teachings on mind training. Every now and then. philosophical subjects, of course, make you philosophically very, very scholarly. You can debate for nights, where you will be able to debate for even two weeks, three weeks, because you are philosophically intelligent. But that doesn't make you, your mind, a very, very soft-cornered person. Until unless you train yourself into bring these philosophical subjects, how to integrate with the uh, you know, subject of mind training. And then you become soft-cornered person. That's, that's you have gained something in your life. Am I making sense? Right? That's what, what you have gained. So. For example, when we talk about eight verses of mind training, I had no idea when I got this, you know, transmission, what, what it is about. But, but somehow I uh, was able to memorize it. And uh, still it's in my mind. I try to recite every day like that, of course, and think and uh, reflect on the meanings of uh, these eight verses of mind training. And then also we have like 
seven-point mind training, right? In seven-point mind training, what we have is, what we have is, first, that is the um, preliminary practice. That's about preliminary practice. Second is about the that is about the actual practice of cultivating mind of bodhicitta. Third is about uh, transforming uh, unfortunate circumstances into a uh, path of enlightenment. And then it is how we can integrate into our daily life. And then what is the measurement? How, how much I have achieved measurement in my practice. And then also commitments related with lojong. And then the advices related with lojong. For example, when we talk about the preliminary practice, it's about guru devotion. You know, a, a beautiful, beautiful meditational practice related to your guru. From visualizing your guru as the embodiment of all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. And in brief, for example, we visualize like this. We visualize, you know, Buddha on your crown of head, and then, you know, the, your guru in the, uh, in the as an embodiment of all the Buddhas and Buddhas. And then, you know, coming into your heart and receiving all kinds of blessings from him. And there's what we call as Lama Chepa or Guru Yoga, Guru Puja, all are included in this, his practice. And then along with this, you know, we work on uh, cultivate, contemplating on, say, stages of the path that are explained in Lamrim Chemo, Lamrim, uh, the, the great treaties, the medium treaties, the short treaties, from, from, like, from Guru devotion to up until you reach to the state of enlightenment. There are stages of, you know, wha where you can, this, there's a complete map from where you want to start and where you can reach, like that. So in that, you know, uh, preliminary practice, you need to include all these things. In and then when you meditate, when you meditate on the mind of bodhicitta, mainly, you know, mind of bodhicitta, of course, there's two traditional methods of cultivating mind of bodhicitta. One is seven-point uh, cause and effect mind of bodhicitta. Second is equalizing self for others and, you know, exchanging self for others and then eventually cultivating mind of bodhicitta with uh, practicing, with the practice of Tonglen meditation like that. So another very, very powerful message you get from that, you know, powerful, powerful teaching. And then, Kenyan Changju Lam that is one of the hardest things, but we need to work on it. Kenyan Changju Lam means whenever you meet with unfortunate circumstances, instead of, instead of, you know, feeling sad, feeling, uh, you know, depressed, feeling anxious, feeling 
with agitation, work on transforming these unfortunate circumstances into the achieving of the enlightenment. How? If, for example, if someone says, oh, you're stupid, like that, right? You are hurt immediately, right? I'm not stupid, you will say. At workplace, he wants, if someone says, you stupid, get away from here, like that, then you are tormented, right? Your immediate reaction is something negative. But at that very moment, you know, when you meet with unfortunate, you know, some difficult, you know, people at work, your boss can be very bad, can be very rude, could be so many things, you know, like that. At such times, you are able to reflect, oh, this kind of my, this kind of reaction is not proper. It's, I accept it. I have been, you know, rebuked. I have been whatever cheated or I have been deceived. Whatever all these negative circumstances you have, but acceptance at the moment, then acceptance, making way to let go. Once you let go, it's happened. Already happened. You cannot bring it back again, right? You can recreate. It's not it's impossible. Accept it. But at the same time, don't stop there. Say, I must go forward. The moment you say, I must go forward, and the moment you decide to go forward, I assure you, 50% of your depression is gone at that time. Many of your excitements, agitations are right away, right away, completely dissolved. When these negative emotions are dissolved, what is left? Only positive, right? You will be able to go forward. Definitely, definitely. You will be able to find a better job if you lost that job, you know. Because you will not sit idle, you, will, you know, uh, fully depressed in your home, maybe drinking lots of coffee, right? Or, you know drink very, very sad, if not coffee, maybe, you know, drinking lots of beer, right? <laughs> Making yourself more clouded, you know, your mind more clouded, right? Go on drinking and drinking and then you'll not find any path, right? Instead, you'll say, I will, I have some, oh, this is a really opportunity time, opportune time for me to do differently. I'll do differently. Now, what's happened actually? I'll do differently. So, it's not about just about next life. It's not, we are not talking about next life. Next life is very far away, you know, for in some cases, but could be next time, you know, next morning too, you know. But it is about this time, this time, this right away. The very moment we, we are living right away. We are breathing in and out right away, right this moment, right this moment. This moment of breathing in and out should be a happy moment for us. Am I making any sense, right? If you could make this breathing moment, happy for you. Next breathing moment is also happy. Next, next. How many breath, breathings we do in one day, right? All these breaths, you have breath, are happy moments. Your home is happy. Your family is happy. Everywhere you go is happy. Even in the cold weather, you are happy. So it's so cold, but I am happy inside. So the warmthness is inside. So this is how day-to-day -day life resolve the issues, accept them, resolve. 
This is how it's trained in the mind, training in mind. So there's no something when we talk about training of mind, training in mind, you know, opening your brain and putting something into your brain and you become enlightened instantly. There's no instant enlightenment, you know. It's gradual instant, gradual enlightenment, you know. Enlightenment, when we speak about enlightenment, the word itself, you know, Sangheva in Tibetan word, there's two words, Sang and Geva. Sang means clearing away, purifying. Sang means completely clearing away from the dust or the dirt or from within your mind stream. Right? We mock, right? Because we see the dust and dirt in the once, the mob, once you have mopped your house, right, cleaned everything, what do you experience? Refreshness. Freshness is there. Freshness is the geva. That is, your mind is enlightened. Freshness is there, right? Am I making any sense? When, when your house is dirty, when all your things are piled everywhere here, no, it's not good. It's not good, right? right not good. I see some kids, you know, uh, rooms, you know, full everywhere there's, you know, not even to walk on, you know. Mind is also like that. So you have to sung and gather. That's clear away all your negatives. And once negatives are cleared, what is remained is positives. Positives, they just automatically, instantly, you know, manifest, instantly manifest, right? For example, when we, you know, clean the mirror, once the dirt is cleaned, the mirror is all, the, the clarity is already there in the mirror because we have cleaned the dirt. In the same way, it is the mind training that goes yeah, in our life. So slowly, 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 and uh, we need to improve this. Yes. And then, of course, in that uh, mind, this lodging practice, we, there's heavy, heavy emphasis on what we call as Donglen, right? Donglen, that is something, a very, very powerful practice, which will help you to indirectly, indirectly, which helps you to you become more mentally more prepared, mentally more courageous, mentally more strong in dealing with every day-to-day -day life difficulties and problems and like that. Because we are taking up on in, in the imagination, in visualization form, all the sufferings of other sentient beings upon us. Then, if that is what we are doing, your own problem is just a negation just a drop of drop in the ocean, right? You see, oh, compare, for example, when we, when we have some difficulties, you know, when we, for example, when the electricity, when the power is outage, right? Every one of you, you know, will uh, have some problems, you know, everyone will cry, where's this light gone, you know, like that, right? You, you could not stand even 10, 20 minutes, you know, wait for the light, back to come back, right? Why? 
you are so used to with these all luxuries of life. And you take everything granted. This is not compare with other world, other parts of the world. See what is happening there in third worlds. So, so much hunger, poverty, no education, no facilities, special facilities. So much discrimination going on. So much, so much. There's so much description, discrimination, discrimination with men and women like that. Women are so much in so many ways you know, looked up and down. So you, here, you are very happy people. You know, so all these facilities appreciate in the morning. Oh, I have these facilities. How wonderful I am! I'm so happy for myself. Say, I'm happy, you know, if you say I'm unhappy, you'll be unhappy. Go on, you know, it's like, almost like doctrination. The communists doctrinate like you, like that, right? So just, so they, one day, two days, second day, third day, then eventually you are all completely indoctrinated, right? That, so that's how, so how should, you know, in day-to-day -day life, you really need to understand, appreciate what you have. People in India, people elsewhere, especially in nowadays in Africa and like that, and then Syria, where you know, so thousands are killed, right? You're here, but still you say, I, I'm, I'm so, you know, I have nothing, I'm so stupid, you know, you don't know how to create self-esteem. If you have no self-esteem, nothing is going to work. That's why Buddha, from the very beginning, for example, in one of the teachings, in one of the teachings, see, uh, in one of the Kajiba lineage teaching, it is said that, it is uh, said that, uh, mind, uh, well, it is said that uh, this, uh, uh, Buddha seed, Buddha nature is the foundation. From the very beginning, it said, Teni Milurin is, Kuni cause is the mind of the Buddha, uh, what we call this uh, Buddha seed, Buddha nature. Teni Milurin the base for flowering of this Buddha nature is your you know, perfect human being. Perfect human part. And then what comes? You have the cause, you have the base to flower the mind of Buddha, to this Buddha seed or Buddha nature. What we have is the Kene Kevesheni knows. That means the teachers are here, masters are here uh, as conditions to realize, to, to realize, to bring forth the manifestation of true Buddhahood. These three things are with you. Buddha nature is with you. You have wonderful, wonderful, you know, human birth, and the teachers are here. So what is, what is lacking with you? Nothing is lacking with you. Only what is lacking is our determination, the willpower, and the inner strength. I can do this. Wherever in our daily life, I, when I teach 
students in Damsala, I always stress, you know, first thing is that you have to understand from the very beginning, I can do this. Don't say I cannot do this, you know. I get teach students saying, sir, oh, this is too much, too hard for me, I cannot do this. I always say, first go, get, go back to your room, contemplate, think, think and think and think, I can do this. Then come, come back, uh, having the word, I can do this. It works. I can do this, right? Why so many other people can do, why can't he do this, right? I can do this. And he comes next, Yala, I can do this. Okay, well, wonderful. Let's work together, right? <laughs> if you say, I cannot do this, how can I help you, right? There's no, it's two ways. Teacher and students are two ways, you know. That's why there's the importance of uh, explanation in, from the, in the lambrim, from the very outset, you know, from the very, very outset, when we talk about the Shenyan Tensu, the Guru devotion, it's very, very, mm, there's, you know, characteristics, the qualities of the students and the qualities of the teacher, how teacher should teach, how students should teach, from the very outset. In the first outlines, you see all these, you know, all these remarks, right? So this how we work. So wonderful, wonderful, you have the opportunity, and uh, I'm really very uh, grateful uh, that you have, you know, this, um, my great friend, you know, Rinpoche, being in your life, you know, it's a really, really wonderful opportunity that you should not lose this opportunity. And also, uh, now only 15 minutes left, right? So I should finish on time. So, so uh, I would like to express my deep, deep appreciation to Rinpoche, and of, of course, you know, Lama Sabah Rinpoche and uh, late Lama Yishe, their contribution to the world for, you know, the betterment of humanity is enormous, you know, enormous, enormous. You cannot fathom their contribution to, to the world, especially now, Lama Sabah Rinpoche, you know, uh, I, I'm, I had the opportunity to meet him formally at one time, uh, but I had never had the chance to meet uh, Lama Yeshe. Uh, but I had the opportunity to talk and give some talks at Krishita Retreat Center. So we should all, you know, appreciate and uh, uh, really uh, uh, pray for uh, their long life, their good health, and of, of course for the flourishment of the Buddha Dharma. Thank you for listening to the Maitripa College podcast. If you would like to learn more about Maitripa College, please visit our website at maitripa.org. M-A-I-T-R-I-P-A dot O-R-G. This podcast was produced by Alfredo Pinayiro, Kate McDonald, Andrew Hughes, and me, your host, Tiffany Blumenthal. Thank you.